0: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on
0: cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host,
1: Josh Guessman, coming to you on Thursday, December 3rd another off-season show for the LA Galaxy Greg Vanny suddenly. Uh, surprisingly, not really that surprising, surprisingly leaves uh, Toronto FC, uh, the LA Galaxy immediately linked with Mr. Vanny. We're going to talk about him. We have uh, rumors about A.J. De La Garza. Uh, we have rumors about Jonathan Dos Santos. Uh, it's a lot of rumors, some contract talk. I'm sure we're going to get a sort of wide ranging topic with everything in here. And I mean, at least, you know, we're not sporting Kansas City fans right now having to, to deal with that smack across the face from, from Minnesota. So uh, I mean, if there's one thing about already being out of the playoffs and, and not being is that you didn't lose to Minnesota in you know the Western Conference uh, semifinal. Uh, to help me, I forgot. I almost forgot to intro. Don't <laughs> oh, worry, I know how to do this. I was this gonna is, say I can. I, I, I can
2: hold. I was dramatic pause. I, yeah.
1: I, I, I swear to God, I can, <laughs> I can I can I know how to do to podcast. It's been a little while. Feels like. Uh, and to help me do that, see, professional. To help me do that, uh, the hammer himself, Mister Eric the
2: Portuguese Hammer. How's it going, buddy? It, it's going all right. They don't call you the podfather for nothing. Oh, it's, uh, you know, the, the, you're, you're what they call in the biz, a consummate professional. You looked at me like, why aren't you talking, dude? And I was like, <laughs> the, we got to get the formalities out of the way. But yeah, nice to be back. I know we took a little week off. Hope everyone had a nice, safe, restful Thanksgiving, if, if you were able to do that in any way. But we're back for hot LA Galaxy talk. Rumors galore. Hot,
1: <laughs> hot, hot, hot Galaxy talk, talk, talk. Uh, so back the in the a- day, it was a 1-900 number, right? That's that's that's, that's not a thing. Um, <laughs> the
2: ads were only at yeah 3 a.m.
1: 3 a.m. That's what it's. It's COG after dark uh, today. <laughs> but uh, a lot of stuff uh, LA Galaxy-wise, and I feel like my brain has been scattered this week, and it's been scattered both with LA Galaxy and, and just sort of everything else that is going on. Uh, certainly, I wear the, another at home order cert- looming over everybody's heads. So uh, you have that going for you. Um, and then just trying to keep track of what's going on with the LA Galaxy, what's going on with the coaching uh, search, and, and and sort of how that goes. I, the, the big deal is that Greg Vanny. Um, was possibly rumored to have been leaving Toronto. They had tried to get a contract with him. It's, it's the Brian Schmetzer thing all over again, quite honestly. Uh, and we talked about Brian Schmetzer and how... Uh, you know, he hasn't had a renewed contract with Seattle yet that he was worried about his coaching staff and that if he left, maybe, you know, the, the, maybe it was time. That was the only thing he had to threaten to leave in order to actually get what he wanted, um, from Seattle. And he's had an enormous amount of success. In fact, you're talking about Brian Schmetzer and Greg Vanny, the guys who have basically been in MLS cup for the last three years. Um, and Brian Schmetzer has been winning it. And Toronto won one as well. So, you know, Greg Vanny, Brian Schmetzer, uh both sort of on that edge, but we found out that, that Greg Vanny indeed did separate himself from uh Toronto FC. It, it's this is a weird one. And it's weird only because I, I feel like there's so much momentum working towards Greg Vanny, and it feels like it's so easy for the LA Galaxy to be able to pull the trigger, Eric, that that it clearly I'm missing something, and I think a lot of people are missing something whenever you're really trying to balance between Greg Vanny and Dominic Kinnear, which, by the way, Dominic Kinnear has more MLS cups than Greg Vanny. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we can sort of look at that says Dominic Kinnear may actually still be the, the better signing. But if we're looking at this, at least in my eyes, Eric, it, it's it's Dominic Kinnear and it's Greg Vanny and they're one A and one B, um, and maybe they're one A and one A. It's it's difficult to make a decision at least in mine. What what are your initial thoughts when you heard uh, Greg Vanny was was leaving Toronto?
2: Yeah, well, when uh, GBS was first fired, he was a name that you think, well, who knows MLS and who's been a successful coach and who's someone else that you could bring in? And Greg Vanny is a name that pops uh, to the top of the list because Toronto's been a contender uh, for the better part of the last decade. So uh, he's one of those names that popped up, but you didn't think it was actually a possibility because you would think Toronto would have locked him down. And then there was the talk of contract extensions in Toronto, and you thought, well, maybe this is just a formality once they – you know figure out whatever happens with their playoff run. Maybe they'll extend them afterwards. So when he parted ways, then it's like, okay, then that's where you start to get the tingles. And you start thinking, okay, maybe there's something here, especially with the connections uh, to the LA Galaxy. You think, okay, th- it makes it makes sense. This is someone who started his career here, uh, has been a successful coach in the league. It's kind of a full circle type of thing. The Galaxy, as of late, have been uh, kind of on this little bit of a kick of bringing back those legends and and bringing them into the the fabric of the club. So it just seems like, like it makes sense. And your point about Dominic Kinnear being right there, having more MLS cups and, and being, uh, you know, near the top of the total MLS wins list, you know, that's not a bad fallback option if you have it. And, and you mentioned that him being with the club, being the first choice, uh, you know, that, that can be an option too. But to me, I think if you're going to start fresh. And you're going to try to to come at it and and bring some new perspective. Going with the manager who was there, uh, there's the benefit of him knowing the club and already being established. And that's a benefit, but you know, hammer in true form, talking out of both sides of his mouth. It's also the negative because you want to wipe it clean. You want to say new coaching staff, people who haven't been here before, whatever happened over the last season got stale and you just need to bring in new blood and make it happen. And so that's why I think Vanny edges Kinnear in my opinion, and from what it sounds like, if we're to, it's rumor central, Kinnear I think is going to have opportunities around the league with other clubs, and so you know I, I'm not worried about him. I think he'll probably land on his feet, but I, I would give Vanny the edge if you're going to uh, if you're going to be picking between one A and one B. I think I'd, I'd slot Vanny a little bit higher because of his recent success.
1: Remember Atlanta United looking for a head coach, DC United looking for a head coach, uh, Toronto. Currently looking for a head coach as well, so I mean, all those things play into what you're about to see. Um, You know, reminder: Greg Vanny, one of the the originals with the LA Galaxy, 1996 guy, uh, played with the LA Galaxy all the way through 2001. uh, Then came back at the end of his career in 2008 um, and called it quits there uh, with the Galaxy after 2008. By the way, in 2008, played 25 games uh, and over 2,000 uh, 2,050 minutes. So he he had he had quite the run with the LA Galaxy. Whenever you look at it, Um, it's just. It's a little bit interesting. Overall, 219 games uh, played with the LA Galaxy, 207 um, uh, starts. Uh, so a, a a guy who was very steeped in LA Galaxy tradition, there's one thing, unfortunately for him, um, you know, he was on the 2001 squad. He wasn't on the 2002 squad whenever he yeah. went to FC Dallas uh, for or actually, uh, went away out of the league for a little while and then came back to the FC Dallas in 2005. So 2001, he goes and leaves the LA galaxy won an MLS cup in 2002. Um, and then we know they win one in 05. Um, and then, you know, that was, that was it for Greg Vanny. So Greg Vanny, uh, certainly a, a guy who is well-versed in Los Angeles and the LA galaxy and all these amazing things that the galaxy have sort of been since the start of the, uh, of the league, but doesn't have an MLS cup with the LA galaxy. So, um, you know, he has one basically as a coach with, with Toronto. So, I mean, you, you can look that uh, looking at Greg Vanny and what he was able to do at Toronto though. And let's sort of, you know, set the stage for, for Toronto who had joined the league and then missed the playoffs every year until Vanny came in uh, basically. And and he finished off the last season where they didn't miss the, where they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, he had, I think he finished up the last 10 games of the 2014 season was two, six and two in those games. Um, they missed the playoffs uh, after that in seven years, he got, Toronto to the playoffs five times, uh, was in an MLS cup three times, uh, and won one of those MLS cups once, uh, with Toronto. So, um, against Seattle, cause it was Seattle and Toronto, like every year for was, the last seven years.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it could have been an option again this year if they, they didn't get bounced early. It's, it's, you know, it's funny when you think about Vanny, I thought he left even earlier before the, the 2002 cup, but he, it seems like he was there right till the end. And it's, it's almost kind of fitting uh, you know, making when the Galaxy had that early run, making it to all those finals and not necessarily taking home the big one, being so close yet so far away. And so maybe that's a similar thing. Maybe he's he's got some unfinished business to come home and take care of here.
1: Yeah, it, it could be. Um, if you look at what he won with Toronto as well. Um, the first MLS team to win the domestic trouble now, certainly I will put the world's <laughs> most giant asterisk again, uh, you know, next to, um, the domestic trouble because the Canadian cup is a joke and it has been a joke because it's three teams. And if you win, if you win those, if you win two games, Hey, congratulations, you want a cup. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not much. Yeah, but still. Uh,
2: I was going to say, yeah, but still a little respect to our Canadian brothers. It's, it's a bit of a joke because of the minute, the small amount of pro teams that are up there, but it's not their fault. I mean, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> you can't make up teams. You yeah, have to you- win those games and beat, beat the local competition, but I agree. Yeah. It's fair. It's fair to denote it with a little mark that say it is Canada. There's not, it's not a hotbed of soccer up there. Although, you know, maybe Alfonso Davies would like a word, but, yeah, but I'm sure I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But still.
1: Yeah, but so I mean, here's the thing: is that whenever an MLS team from the states actually wins the treble, which would be a supporter shield, an MLS Cup, and um, the US Open cup. U.S. Open cup, so if you win those three, that's a completely different thing than to say, "Oh, you're tied with Toronto." No, you're not tied with Toronto. Whenever that happens, you have taken a step above what Toronto did. They did great, and and we have to also point out Toronto, Concacaf Champions League finalist, a shootout finalist they could have been the first mls team to win the ccl and they lost but they were there um you know i know rsl has has a similar um you know history with that as well uh making it to the final and not getting past in the final so you know greg vanny has in his i'm going to say in his short coaching career uh really when you look at this he has accomplished a ton uh regular season record of 89 68 and 48 uh, if you want to know percentages on that, yes, you do. Oh, thank Eric. Thank you for asking. Yes, you do want to know percentages. <laughs> What's the
2: percentage on that, sir? Yeah. Yeah. What, what what kind of win percentage did
1: he have? Um, about forty-two point nine percent on the wins. Um, his loss percentage was thirty-three point five. Okay, and getting a point because we always talk about getting a point, getting a, a point or better, right? So mm. it's it's always that you combine the draws and the wins together to figure out where where you sort of sit. And uh, if I remember correctly, the LA Galaxy in like twenty. 11 finished like the point percentage was like 80 something percent or, or right in that. So uh, Vanny throughout his time with uh, Toronto was 66.5%. It is in the comparisons of the LA Galaxy and some of the um, some of some of the really good teams, the LA Galaxy have had this overall and and i took this over multiple seasons so it's like over seven seasons it's kind of hard to complain to compare exactly but this doesn't exactly match up to some of those higher levels but again it's over seven seasons i I consider this pretty good um this feels feels like a solid solid record
2: and and i think you you mentioned it with the the playoff mls playoff experience i think that's a piece of it there's something that has to be said about knowing what it takes to get in there. And that's something the Galaxy have struggled to do in recent years. The experience with CONCACAF Champions League, again, regardless of the path that they take to get there. That, the excuse Canadian,
1: me. Ex, excuse me. That's irregardless. Irregardless. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure you got that.
2: Yes. Irregardlessly uh, yes. Of, of the Canadian pathway there. There's something to be said that he knows what it's like to go up against CCL competition. And I think the Galaxy are a Club that – should absolutely have aspirations to be in the mix of, of champions league. And you want a manager who knows what it's like to play in those games. So, uh, so I mean, you're, you're right, you're uh, right. 66% win percentage, maybe that's not flying off the boards, but, or a point percentage, but at the same time, all I care, there's more wins than losses. He's not, we're not getting a coach with a losing record. Who's coming in uh, off a of slump. I think you're getting someone who's continuing to grow and has a, a bright future in front of him. And uh, it's also possible the, the L, we've seen coaches uh, of his age who kind of develop an MLS and maybe go on beyond. This could be a stepping stone to, you know, a job beyond this as well, if he's able to have success here in LA.
1: Yeah, it is a uh, real quick shout out in the chat room. Jose, a little super chat, drop some, drop $2 on us. Um, so thank you for that, Jose. Jose, my it's, Spanish is muy malo. However... I would like to say thank you for wishing my son a happy birthday. It was, it was uh babe Pato jr. Pato jr. Junior pato junior Jr.'s juniors uh, birthday yesterday. Um, and so uh, I appreciate that. So if you want to super chat, you're always welcome to do that. And if you put in there, we will of course read your message in the chat. If you super chat us. So uh, that's always fun. Yes, Eric.
2: He, he threw a little Portuguese in there for you. Oh, that, that's it, hammer it, in Portuguese. So Martel, you know, what? So, so Jose multilingual in the chat here, you Bro- know, I, I believe it translates in, uh, in Spanish as well, or something close, but, uh, you know, we'll take it. Thanks, Jose. We'll, we'll take we it. Yeah, it.
1: I was, I was going to say, just, let's try not to use too many languages though. I'm not that smart and <laughs> it, it'll confuse me. Um, I'll be, I'll be all sorts of crazy. Um, so anyway, uh, no, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of things that happened here. You know, the, the CCL is, is great. And, and he has a ton of experience there. Uh, he leaves his longest tenured to coach, TFC coach, coach 250 games earned 112 wins overall. Um, so, it, it's uh it's a he he's he was a very good coach in the amount of time he had and he, you know we talk about him not winning an MLS Cup with the LA Galaxy and clearly there's something that drives him. Listen, I love defenders being coaches. One, because I was a defender, and two, is because as a defender, you get to see it, you know outside of goalkeepers who are too crazy to be coaches. Um. Everybody knows goalkeepers are nuts. That's fair. uh, Yeah. Oh, Alexi Wallace that told me many stories about goalkeepers and, and how crazy. He goes, the best and scariest night of your life will be one you go out with a goalkeeper. And understood. I understand. Um, kind of like kickers in football. Um, so you know, you you look at that and you say the defenders always get to see everything that happens in front of them, and so you know, as a defender, you get to see, um the The way things change in a game. you understand that perspective. And I always like guys like Greg Burhalter. I like guys like um, like uh, like an Eddie Lewis even, or I like guys who are sort of that old school defender guy who's in the back who understands and who sees everything in front of them and then goes and becomes a coach and is just sort of like, Oh yeah. Greg Berhalter was like this hyped up guy and you never really saw it, but he would get super hyped during games and just kick the crap out of people for like 90 minutes, which was great. And now you see him as a coach and he's like this, he's, Oh yeah, I got it all figured out. I've seen it all before. I I know what's happening. I understand these changes that are going on. And Greg Vanny really does sort of fit into that. Um, sort of, he understands the game and he was, um, you know, Toronto played a very tactical style in terms of switching and space and triangles. Um, which is, you know, a lot of that is general soccer stuff. But Vanny understood how to manipulate that stuff, um, and I think that that's an important coming from a guy like GBS, who maybe wasn't as tactically strong as we'd like to like to, to admit. Um, and and you see that now that this could be a good switch over over somebody like Greg Vanny.
2: Yeah, and and you make a good point about the defenders. Uh, GBS is more of a. Uh, you know an attacker so he's went with more of an attacking style Vanny being a defender he's going to know how to set up his defense and I think when you look at his teams in Toronto and how they were constructed and I know we're going to talk about uh, you know the the amount of uh, salary that was dumped into those level right. of players that he was able to bring in uh, but he was able to create that link between the defense have a midfielder you know with someone like Pozuelo pulling the strings which is if you we've talked about this for how many years now that the galaxy are missing that type of midfielder. Right. Uh, and you saw it with Reynoso and Minnesota United tonight also, uh, you know, that guy who pulls the strings and setups up the plays and, and he knows how to connect that with also, you know, your strikers, who know how to put away goals, all three levels of the attack. He knows how to, make them connect. Whereas I think someone like GBS, you saw, let's have the defenders attack. Let's have the midfielders attack. And then the attackers attack. So it was like, that was the plan. So instead of it being more of a tactics, like you said, tactics driven and and setting up styles, like you said, triangles, all those things. So uh, yeah, so I, I like what I see. And I, I know we're being presumptive here as well, uh, as far as Vanny and maybe we're talking a lot about them, you know, yes. so, so we'll see how it all pans out. There's still work to be done.
1: Yeah. Well, and and let me be very clear up front. I don't have any knowledge, and I certainly have knowledge in the opposite direction that there is any sort of quick decision coming on Greg Vanny. I don't think that's happening. Um, In fact, the the LA Galaxy had had, uh, interviews scheduled for this week and next week. Um, So I don't think you're going to get anything until at least the end of next week um, in in terms of that stuff. So a quick shout out to Aaron, uh, dropped us some uh, $5 in the uh, super chat. Uh, Aaron is the one who always gets me on irregardless. So um, he says, irregardless of your adorable one-year-old boy, I'd like to see Eric's uh, doxies on camera. We'll see if we can make that happen, Eric uh, Aaron, and we'll see if we'll we'll make Eric do it. the other thing I, I would like to point out, uh, Patrick, uh, in the chat room, did not pay us to say this. However, he did point out Bruce Serena was a keeper, and Patrick, I'd like to point out Bruce Serena is straight up crazy. Uh, so I think my point stands. He's he's an excellent, um, you know, uh, understander of how the game sort of uh, change and, and what happens on the field. And Bruce Arena has earned that, but he's also nuts. Uh, Philip uh, in super chat says, uh, says, get yourself something nice COG. So thank you for that. I, I, I'm thinking, Eric, I, I want to do one of these before Christmas is we need to do a live show. Um, and we'll have people super chat us, but we're gonna donate that money. I I feel like that's... that would be a lot of fun. Like maybe we'll do the LA Galaxy Foundation because I like to to give them money anytime we can. But I'll keep track of of what we give. So you know, I don't spend all your money on us tonight. Let's 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 make some people's uh you know Christmases a little bit happier. So we'll figure out exactly what we're gonna do. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll figure that out. But um. Greg Vanny is. I mean, he is a reasonable suggestion in terms of hey, this could be somebody who actually comes to the LA Galaxy. That's not a far-fetched thing. Um, here's here's the knocks on Vanny though. We've been pretty positive about him so far. He's done a lot. You understand why the LA Galaxy are interested. The former LA Galaxy tie makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I love the fact that he that he played for the LA Galaxy and, and now he wants to be the coach of the LA Galaxy. So, um, or maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I didn't talk to him. So we'll we'll, we'll continue that. Um, but Toronto consistently had one of, if not the highest payroll in Major League Soccer. You're talking about the one team who consistently outspent the LA Galaxy, basically from 2015 2016 on um their mls cup in 2017 they had the highest payroll in major league soccer i think 2018 they had the highest payroll in major league soccer um you know it, it, most of that surrounded around their their front free of uh of altador bradley and uh giovinco right i mean those yeah, were those
2: th- that that player. yeah same yeah, type that, of player though yeah yeah the pa- pa- is the same mm.
1: yeah pa- posuela fit into that giovinco um you know sort of uh a spot so you can see what they do and how they do it, um, and they spent a lot of money. And hey, guess guess who helped them spend all that money? Uh, Tim Lewicki who helped the LA <laughs> Galaxy spend all the money with David Beckham all the way up until he took you know Uncle Phil off. So there is a um, there. <laughs> I, it was funny because we have a, a member in our Discord, and I invite you to find um, you know our Discord and, and get in there because Romero is in our Discord. I consider him one of the smartest data guys that I have seen talking around the LA Galaxy and he always has great stuff and he goes it's kind of hard for me to say that Greg Vanny didn't underperform almost every single year if you yeah. think of how much money that they spent <laughs> and they only got one MLS cup out of the run um that's I that's think, an interesting take and I I kind of agree a little bit it's yeah. it's not
2: far off it was one of those whenever we did the the salary show whenever the MLSPA would release those salaries I think it was always shocking to us that Toronto was at the top of that list. And then when you looked at it, you said, okay, that makes sense. So, so to me, I think with Altidore and Bradley, that tied up a lot of cash, whether you think they were worth it or not is a different discussion. Uh, so that's my only pushback is th- they spent a lot of money on, on those players, um, but it was a small group of pay- players that they were paying a lot of money. And so I think when you look at that, it's similar to the LA galaxy, you know, they're paying a small group of players, a lot of money and others are are more in that mid range or or mid to low range. And so I I think it's a fair criticism and it needs to be brought up as well. If you're going to you know, talk about someone being a success, uh, making the playoffs that many times and going to cup finals, but only walking away with one. I mean, it's fair. I mean, we, we talk about the neighbors down the street. Uh, you know, having these excellent seasons and then flaming out in the playoffs every year, uh that it's fair that they're being criti- that he that coach is being criticized as well, you know, to bring in that familial connection to Toronto FC. Uh so so it's it's fair to bring it up that, that maybe when when it matters most that there are some of those struggles.
1: Well let's let's go a little deeper on that as well. You have three designated players for them for their really successful years. You can interchange Jovinko and Pazuela. That's fine. I don't care. Um they they're a lot of they're a lot the same. So you can say that. Um, but when you look at the caliber that they spent the money on, and, and you know you can argue Michael Bradley and Josie Altador, that's not the same caliber that you would probably see the LA Galaxy doing, right? This is not a Zlatan. They didn't have a Zlatan on the team. They didn't have, you know quite honestly, they didn't have a Chicharito on the yeah. team in terms of popularity and, and ego. So there's some questions about whether or not Vanny would be able to handle somebody like a Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, and, and by the way, I understand there probably will never be another Zlatan, but there's going to be somebody else who's going to be a head case and who's going to be a high-profile guy, and you're going to ask whether or not you, you know, he can handle that. Now, in defense of Vanny, I'll point to Dominic Kinnear, where Zlatan Ibrahimovic was like, Dominic Kinnear's great, and I'll gladly play for him, and you know, he's a, he's a great coach. So Dominic Kinnear proved himself to Zlatan um, in a short amount of time. All right, we'll, we'll take that as as Zlatan was being you know honest and, and truthful with that. Um, you know what can you say about, um, you you know about his management style in terms of you know is he going to be able to manage the big guys because he doesn't really have I mean, hey Josie outdoor is great I love Josie outdoor I like Michael Bradley I know people hate Michael Bradley I like Mike Bradley I have talked to both of those guys in uh, scrums for the U.S. men's national team whenever I'd be covering LA Galaxy guys so I've seen them. There, yeah, Josie Altador seems like a really cool guy. Uh, Michael Bradley seems a lot like his dad, and uh, in just in terms of personality. So you know, there's 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 edges to those guys, and I understand it. But Michael Bradley's always going to be and is always fiercely a team guy, right? It's not like he's going to be a Laton, where he's out there, you know, throwing teammates under buses and you know, moving uh, Sebastian Legette out of position in a wall. Um, you know, all, all these things that you see. <laughs> You know, so so there's a question there of whether or not Vanny can handle that. Do, do you see any of that? Is that a question mark for you, or do you feel like that would be fine?
2: I feel like that'd be fine. I think there, You said Zlatan is a, a one one of a kind, one of one edition. You're not going to get a lot of those. I can think of maybe one, maybe two players who would bring that type of personality and that type of, uh, you know, manageability that you'd really need a super. Uh, you know, psychological manager to handle them. But we've seen uh, some of those players, even with the best coaches in the world, with clubs around the world, having difficulty controlling some of these per- personalities. So it's not a, a Greg Vanny thing. You know, this, this happens with other v- managers as well. I, I don't think that's something that we need to be concerned of. Uh, you know, it's your favorite, your favorite line. It is until it isn't until right. he comes. And then we hear locker room rubblings with some DPs having friction and and so on and so forth. Um, but, but that's more, I think that's more on the players than it is on the coach. I mean, the coach, when, when a new coach is brought in, you, I think the players should give them the benefit of the doubt until, you know, trust is lost. So I think uh, you have to see how things play out, and uh, we're not ready to start picking sides yet. From a, a fight and a breakup that doesn't happen, this is isn't one of those things where you start having those imaginary fights in your mind and, and playing out the scenarios. Right. I, I'm not ready to to take that leap just yet.
1: Okay, I understand. Uh, this is <laughs> uh, this is what Vanny said whenever he was uh, he was getting ready to uh, to leave, or or after he announced he's leaving, he said. Okay. First of all, let me set this up because I read this and I'm like, did the LA Galaxy already give him the job? It really felt that way. I'm, <laughs> I'm here to tell you that's probably not the case. Uh, in fact, it's not the case. But he, just the way that he said this, it felt like he was setting himself up for it. But maybe you could say he, he might be doing the same thing for Atlanta or he might be doing the same thing for DC United. Uh, but if this this hits home. If you wanted the guy who wanted the challenge, this is the guy because he says, and I quote, I'm a builder. I like to build things and I like projects and I like big things, he told reporters. And this club is in a really, really good place, talking about Toronto. Uh, there's not a lot of building to do. It's an incredible club that is positioned from where we started to where we are to be great. Um, and then they sort of asked about what he would do afterwards. He goes, Well, obviously, I need to catch my breath. I do need to regroup a bit. But anyone who knows me knows I don't sit still very well, so it won't be a long thing. But at the same time, I do know that this has been an exhausting year emotionally. Feel you, Greg Vanny, on that one uh, as well. So, I mean, a- again, I-, I get into the um, the the. It seems like a a lot of people are saying this seems like such a good fit. There's no way the LA Galaxy would pull the trigger. I still think um, that there could be lots of reasons why maybe you wouldn't want Greg Vanny, or whether you just want Dominic. A lot of the things that we're saying about Greg Vanny. Could be said about Dominic Knier. Um and it's it's really sort of you know a, a difficult time to sort of uh, to to put those two and to separate those two. Is is that fair? I mean, do, yeah. do you think you can't
2: say that? Yeah, I, the only, it's it's all about recent success, in my opinion. I, we we talked about this earlier. I think it's with Dom not being a head coach recently. That's the only difference. When you talk about all the other pieces. Yeah, it's there, and it's it's funny that the the, you're right. The way Vanny was speaking and the timing of it, it just seems like it's getting all the ducks in a row. I need to, you know, you need to quit your job or put in your two weeks' notice before you accept the new job, and so it's just going through all the formalities. He knew, um, you know, and I think Vanny knows he's a desirable option around the league, and so there are going to be openings that pop up and he probably doesn't assume that he's going to be out of, out of work for long. And so, you know, that's, that's the type of confidence you want and a, and a potential manager as well. But it, it also, it could be very telling that he knows, he knows something is coming down the line or he knows he's at least in the running for it. And so, yeah, that, that's, I I think it's signaling a little bit or at least that he wants it and the, uh, you know, come pay me almost, almost that type of thing. Also.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. There's there, there there's certainly some of that as well. Um, it, it, the big question that that also comes in this is if this is a rebuild project, and certainly everybody in the um, chat room is pointing out that uh, perhaps, um, you know, Dennis to De close or Dennis to De already has seventeen players on this roster. Is this really a rebuild project? But if it is a rebuild, and certainly if you look at those seventeen players, and I gave you a. Uh, a a task of trying to find an 11 man starters out of those 17 players. It's difficult to do. And it's sad whenever you do it. Um, You know, can the fans even handle and be um, and be patient enough for a rebuild or give Vanny time? I mean, you can't keep throwing people out. And, and the big deal with, with camera bearish is that he lost the team. And I think that's why the decision was made. If he still had the confidence of the team and the results were there, he probably gets his third year. So, I mean, is, are the players going to be patient enough? Are the fans going to be patient enough to live with Greg Vanny, trying to figure out this LA galaxy team.
2: It's funny. I, I think, I think this is, I learned this from potting with you and I, and I, I think that uh, rebuilding in Major League Soccer is probably one of the biggest misconceptions. Uh, It's because every year there's so much turnover. Every team is rebuilding in some way or another. Uh, You look at the teams who are in the final four of the playoffs, maybe Seattle being the one exception. uh, But these are teams who have reloaded and restocked and kind of filled in gaps with, with players who have gone missing. And, and and that's how you have to make it work. And then when you look at the 17 players that the Galaxy still have under contract right now, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, Javier Chicharito Hernandez, Sebastian Leggett, Daniel Stairs, Julian Araujo, these are all, I mean, that's one, two, three, four, five, that's six starters, six out of the 11 that are starting. That's half the team that's sticking around. So there's continuity there. So I, I think, uh, you know, if you say we're here for a rebuild, you, you can rebuild and, and bring in other starters and, and understand that it's going to take time to gel. But over the course of a long MLS season, it's fair to say that you can see that team gel and get hot at the right time, peak at the right time and, and make a run towards the end. I think, uh, you know, at the beginning of a season, the, this previous season, we were hopeful with new additions that were brought in that were going to gel. And uh, you know, obviously once they got on the field, it was a completely different story, but there's always that hope and you can bring in the right pieces who will, Connect and and be successful. So I think if you're going to call it a rebuild, you can still have a successful year during a rebuild, making the playoffs and and making a run. I think that's fair. Uh, a lot of talk with this Galaxy team being similar to the 2007 2008 with an overhaul when when Beckham came in and needing to get rid of a lot of players. Same thing, Bruce Arena was brought in and and kind of changed the roster. That was a rebuild, but they started to make those runs in you know 2000. Two thousand nine, and so that that took a season, but the pieces were in place uh, that upcoming year. So I think I don't think anyone's going to look at this LA Galaxy team who missed the playoffs uh, has a lot of holes and is going to expect them to win MLS Cup next season. But if you say in the next two seasons they can reload with a new manager and the right pieces, I I don't think that's a rebuild, quote unquote. I think that's just you know how how franchises work and how you have to build these things, how you have to make it happen.
1: Yeah, it's uh, anything in Major League Soccer in terms of talking about rebuilds or anything like that is going to be, um, you know, a a. It's always a mixed bag. There's no such thing as really rebuilding. Yeah, uh, you can't tank. It's not like you can suddenly get draft picks that are going to exactly. change your your. Um, you know, your just your view on everything. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's interesting that we're going to sort of. Um, you know, look at Greg Vanney and what he's going to be able to do. And then he's going to be sort of saddled with, you know, some players that, that maybe, or maybe he doesn't want. Um, and so that's part of the first year that, you know, you sort of saw Gamma Barish Glotto go through uh, as well. So it's up to Dennis to to sort of figure all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it's you know the the fact that he was linked with Liwicky, the fact that he had you know a very good uh, GM with uh, Bez Pachenko, um, and now Ali Curtis is even up there. I mean, you know, he's had some some good. I think Bill Manning was up there, possibly as a GM, that went to president as well. So, I mean, he's had some really good GMs. I feel like um, you
2: made it. You made up some of those names. Yeah, you, it, you it feels you, like you, it. you threw some names out there. But the first one with Tim Laiwiki, I just want to throw this out there. AG loves AEG. And so if there is a coach, a manager out there like Vanny, who's had positive relationships with that organization before, that's another check in the box that's going to play in his favor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, all, all interesting. Um, as we go to coaching rumors, obviously there's some rumors out there that, that Vanny's already been offered the job. Uh, For my indications, that is false. Um, so just pump the brakes. It doesn't mean that I don't think Greg Vanny is going to be considered and why, and and right now I would again I would think he's probably the guy who pro- ends up with the job if the LA Galaxy can get everything, you know, sort of lined up. If it's Dominic Kinnear, that's cool too. I I don't have a problem full with either of those guys right now, but I think those guys are are one. That's the, your first choice and everybody else is a second choice after that. So, uh, it'll be interesting to sort of see how um the LA Galaxy Um, you know, uh, I don't know. uh, Navigate these waters because it's a, I I don't know. It just feels like they're gonna be criticized if you don't pick Greg Vanny. They're gonna be criticized for not just making the easy choice and doing it. And if they don't pick Dominic Kinnear, you had a guy who was literally (laughs) so. I mean, they're sort of in the catch twenty two. They're not gonna be. There's gonna be a lot of complaining either way.
2: I think the the other thing that this is going to tell us a lot about is is DTK. And Dennis Teclosa, obviously, with his connections to the Mexican Federation, a lot of that was leveraged that because we brought Teclosa in that we're going to be able to land these you know top Mexican players and top Mexican managers. And so I think if you go with Vanny or you go with Kinnear, that's telling that DTK is either – Learned or has uh, changed maybe his perspective and his methodology on how he wants to build this team, and so that 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 can be telling as well. It's going to be is DTK does he you know there were rumors that he was flying to to Mexico City to interview. So obviously we know with his previous connections that's probably why he's going there. But
1: do we think he was there interviewing people or do we think he was shopping? just there over Thanksgiving and enjoying his time off a little bit. I mean, that is his second home. So
2: that's also an option. And as general manager, there's also entertaining offers from other clubs. That's also a thing uh, that you can do out there. So it's not necessarily managers either, but you're right. Uh, Yeah, but still, but I'm going to keep keep going. I think the manager he picks is going to tell the direction that he wants the club going because you know, we, we see it all the time. We don't want the, the big flashy name. We want the the winning product that's going to be on the field. That's something that fans often say. And so this hiring like Vanny, like uh Kinnear is going to tell you it's more about the product on the field than it is about the name because those aren't, uh, you know, it's not Mourinho, it's not Zidane. Those are MLS, local, homegrown, <laughs> you know, organic, whatever you right. want to say. That It's not a flashy pick. It's just a regular, uh, you know. Regular, you know, solid hiring to try to build from the bottom. It's it's more scrappy than it is flashy.
1: I will say this, reading all the stuff about um, Greg Vanny is that he has a full complement of technical people um, that uh, could be coming with him as well. So, you know, coaching staffs, assistant coaches, um, but more than that, he has a deeper level. So Toronto is going to be bleeding that whenever he leaves, because he's probably going to pull a lot of people with him. Um, and so anybody who gets him gets that as well, which is a bonus. Um, you know, Kneer would have to build his, his staff? I think that, that Vanny for the most part will get to sort of pick the people he wants to bring with him, uh, to come to the LA galaxy and do that. So, um, you know, we'll we'll sort of take a look at uh, at that as it comes down. Now, um, Grant Wall was talking to Landon Donovan, um, and and Grant tweeted this out, um, and he said, you know, Landon Donovan tells me he thinks he's capable of coaching the LA Galaxy right now. Landon Donovan is, um, but that Greg Vanny has put in more time as a head coach uh, to deserve the gig if he gets it, type of thing. So, uh, Landon Donovan is on my. Um, is on my coaching, my top 15. He's just last okay. in 15. So, um, yeah. you know, Robbie okay. Keane is well, well above him as well.
2: So, so we're aligned there. I, I think that comment, you know, what's he going to say is some, we said, we like someone with confidence is, you know, he feels ready to, to take on a club. Now I think, is it one season that he has under his belt at USL? Uh, so one full season at USL and he feels like yep. he's ready to, to take on the world. I mean, you know, and maybe the galaxy have fallen so far that it's not, uh, a prestigious job and he he's ready to take it on and, and start a rebuild um but I think that's maybe it's asking a bit too much he's right Vanny is more seasoned he's put in paid his dues a little bit more um so I, I think you know I'm okay with Lendon saying that although I I disagree that he's he's probably ready for that big leap uh you know he's not right. quite ready for that just yet but I res- I respect the man so I'm not gonna we're gonna keep moving
1: Okay. Sounds good. Um, another little bit of news. Former LA Galaxy defender AJ De La Garza, who was with uh, Inter Miami, is out of contract in Miami. Um, there have been r- rumors that I'm sure he would like to get back to LA. Uh, there is uh, is certainly um, no no amount of love that would keep him from from coming to LA. Uh, I think fans are, are pretty excited about him. But I mean, it, it does beg the question. A.J. played six games total, five in the regular season and one in the postseason, by the way, where he played 90 minutes. Um, so, you know, he's 33 years old. He's he's well past it now. I mean, you know, um, A.J. was always known as the speedster and had it. He's had several injuries that have sort of kept him from, from really getting back there. Um, so are you uh, would you at all be upset or surprised if he ended up back with the L.A. Galaxy?
2: You're, you're leading the witness. I don't like the way you asked that question. <laughs> uh, you made it sound like it was, it was a bad thing.
1: Here, here, I, here, do you want me to tell you? I'll tell let me, I'll go first. No, I'll
2: tell okay, go, go, go. I'll go. I don't mind. Okay. Uh, I, I personally would want AJ back. I think um, with how he exited the club, and circumstances that were surrounding that i think it's like a a good faith measure to bring him back and have him end his career here and and i think he's he's closer to the end of his career than he obviously to the start of it and so i think if he comes here it's going to be uh you know to retire and kind of his close out his last couple years and so i would want him back the the on the field thing is is not as important and i think that is probably what made drive some people away and might not like it is say, it's not like uh, he's going to be the starter for all the games and, and what's he going to be able to truly contribute to the team. But you look at someone like a, um, you know, like Sasha Cluster, who was brought in and I personally didn't think he had a stellar season. I thought he he struggled a bit, but there was all this talk of him being a locker room guy and a good leader for the team. And I think AJ brings that, that same type of thing. The the one negative that I'll mention is you bring in Sasha question you bring in AJ De La Garza. You, you don't need 10 leadership locker room guys. Right, you need right. one, maybe two leadership locker room guys, and then you need to to backfill around it. I think the positive is you have a youngster like Julian Arajo who has been known to get yellow cards and red cards. And so if you have someone like AJ as that mentor – to him, uh, you know, a, a young, uh, you know, someone who is American, able to connect with him uh, and kind of show him the ways, show him the ropes and help Julian develop. And then also as a backup, I think it's fair to bring him in. To me, the Juninho move was like a good faith move. This is the Juninho move, you know, square. Plus. I, th- I think it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's AJ, you know, free pass. He he, he gets to come back. Uh, I think the Galaxy owe it to him based on how he went out. And I think that's, that. I would want him back.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's always tough on on this. I understand he's not the player he was. Um, I don't think that matters much. Uh, now there are 30 spots on the roster. Um, uh, you know, you can, you can certainly fill those and, and listen, the LA galaxy are probably not going to re-sign Rolf Felcher. I know they say they're negotiating with him, Um, but if you get somebody like AJ, you don't have to re-sign somebody like Rolf Felcher. Um, but you have to understand there's limitations. I mean, one of the reasons that I think Sasha question gets a bad rap this year is because Sasha question is not built to play in a condensed schedule and, you know, play, you know, 50 or 60 minutes every three or four days. That's not something he was doing. Di- when he was put in to come in as a second-half sub to play the last you know 25 minutes in a game that was close and that mattered, Sasha Kleschen can still provide you something. And let's be honest, Bruce Arena had guys like that all the time. So to find those guys is important. Those are the guys... Yeah. I mean, we always complain about people coming off the bench. Right, uh, especially for the LA Galaxy, and and I know the Discord was talking about it. It's like, well, when did a you know a bench player change the game last year? And it, you know it wasn't that often, but if you can bring people like AJ De La Garza off the bench, or you know put them in as a spot start whenever Julian Araujo is off at the Olympics or yeah. off on national team duty or any of these things, if you can give AJ a run, that's not it, it, Rolf Felcher, or AJ De La Garza, I mean, up to a
2: certain point, you can make just that simple decision. So, um, yeah, I it, think. You bring up an excellent point, too, about next year. There's going to be the Euros. There's going to be the Olympics. There's all these competitions. And with Felcher being in the Venezuela fold, I think, AJ, you don't have to worry about that. You know, he's going to be around and to to be able to backfill. So you're right. I think, uh, you know, if the expectation isn't to be as a starter, I think it's fair uh, to, to bring them in. And you're you're right. Kleschen, when he started, I think he struggled more than he was brought off the bench. Not a shocker there. Um, but, yeah, you need these guys to fill out the roster. I I absolutely agree. I just, you don't want to, let's not bring uh, everyone We don't Robbie Keane player coach, right. right. You know, Ezra Hendrickson, he, he used to play, let's suit him up. Let's get him boots. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be, you know, we don't need to do this too much. I think, I think with AJ, it's, it's fair to offer it to AJ.
1: You you need two or three guys like that. And, and if you can get that and they can still provide you something on the field and give you the coaching, the mentoring, the, the attitude, the understanding of what it means to be a professional. Not only that, AJ brings the what it means to be a winning LA Galaxy player. Yeah. And and listen, I'm not going to say one guy comes in there and suddenly changes things. Um, people were talking about, I saw somebody on Twitter. I don't remember who it was, but they're like, you want to fix the culture, get Greg Vanny. That immediately fixes the culture. It's like, it doesn't. Bruce Arena didn't immediately fix the culture. Um, but... With the way that he acted and the way he did things, it, it, he started to develop a culture. You need some. You don't need somebody to fix the culture at the LA Galaxy right now. You need somebody to develop a culture at the LA Galaxy right now because they haven't had one. Um, so, you know, AJ De La Garza certainly happen, uh, uh, helps with that. Also side note, um, AJ and his lovely wife, Megan welcomed, um, Colette Ivy into the world very today, December 3rd. So, uh, one day after one day and one year after my son was born, uh, they get a little girl, uh, Colette Ivy. So congratulations to the De La Garza's, uh, filling up that, that roster quickly. I was going to uh, say,
2: <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're building a nice little team there and, uh, you know, congratulations to the De La Garza family and happy birthday Colette, I think, uh, you know, with what that family, what we know they've been through with uh, with childbirths, and you want to celebrate this and, and send them love absolutely during a time like this. Uh,
1: people also mentioning uh, another guy who was, I think, out of contract or, or option not picked up was Luis Robles over at, at Miami. He would cost you a lot of money if you're the LA Galaxy, but being the Galaxy have not signed, or, or being that David Bingham is out of contract um, and that Jonathan Klinsman is being negotiated with, uh, those two things sort of, put you in a position to say, do you want to spend a lot of money
2: on Luis Robles?
1: Because he has a track record of being a very good goalkeeper.
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, it's a, it's either, or I I don't think you can negotiate with Bingham and then talk about Robles as well. Robles is someone who he'll, he'll, he'll land somewhere. He'll land at a club. Um, Yeah. I think he's, he's an upgrade over Bingham if you're going to go one at the other. But I think when Klingsman was brought in last season, uh, it was with a little carrot dangling that there's an opportunity to be a starter here. And I think he, he showed in those games that, uh, you know, he, he may be up to the task. So if may you be. go with, he, if you go with Klingsman, it's not a bad idea to bring in an experienced goalkeeper like Robles. But then to your point, what does that cost? You know, Robles I would imagine with the experience that he brings is not going to be a cheap, a cheap option. Like, like Klingsman would probably be a more you know, uh, a more palatable signing to the, to the budget and to the salary cap.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a place where you can spend some money. So I don't necessarily worry about that, but if you're getting Roblos, he's the number one and Klinsman's the number two and you deal with that. And that's, that's your life. I don't know if Klinsman wants to put up with that. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so certainly interesting. Um, this has been something that's been circulating a little bit better, and I must at the very beginning of this defer not to you, Eric, and, and certainly not to this podcast, but to another podcast, um, for Mr. Chris Tucker because he would know way better than I. But it seems like, uh, and I have been sort of told that it, it is very likely that the LA Galaxy will sign um, three LA Galaxy two players, uh, a midfielder and two defenders, um, Adam Saldana, uh, Marcus Ferkranis, um, uh, Um, and Jalen Neal. Um, They have been listed on the transfer portal on MLS's site now for about three weeks. Um, And I've been trying to sort of figure out exactly what is going on. But, um, you know, you have an 18-year-old and two 17-year-olds that may look like they may have signed with the first team. So we'll we'll sort of keep you updated. I just want to give you a heads up on it. I don't want you to surprise you. And if you want to know anything about these guys, go talk to Chris Tucker. Don't talk to me um, because I didn't get to watch these guys play. And I am certainly not the expert on them. Um, And I I will go back and watch stuff on them. But this is this is an interesting move. It is three names, um, I think, out of four, and I can't remember who the fourth was that Dennis Tacosa mentioned by name in his press conference whenever he was talking about young players that he was sort of saying, you know, we're going to bring. We, he didn't say we're going to bring them up, but he was talking about the talent they had, at the, and he named these three guys, and it was sort of like, oh, okay, and then you see them on this on the transfer Sign- portal. Yeah. I've talked to the LA galaxy. They won't give me a for sure. Yes, that this is happening. Um, But I certainly haven't been said, no, 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 that's not happening. I don't know why MLS has it. I'm like, well, MLS thinks it's done. So uh, maybe it's on there and and it is. So we'll sort of keep you um, updated on, uh, on that as well. So
2: yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say the, the other thing that I'll say is this is the LA Galaxy's move every season. They bring in, you know, one, two, three players from G2, uh, who, who performed well, and they they take up those roster spots, you know, 27 through through 30 or 26 through 30. You saw with Cameron Dunbar and uh, Johnny Perez last season, they got brought up, Eric Lopez, if you want to count him in that uh, as well. They bring these youngsters up. It seems like uh, this is going to be the new crop that comes up for Krannis. That's a name that stands out. I remember he played in the, the mixed scrimmage whenever that was earlier in the season. Um, you know, so, so you trust that the Galaxy defenders that have come up from G2 have been successful. So the fact, that it's, two defenders uh, could bring some of that depth that the galaxy need and uh, save in the pocketbook as well. So uh, I'll also give a shout out to the, to the discord because that that's how you get your LA galaxy two news where maybe I wasn't as, as well-versed coming into yes. this season, but following yes. the discord and reading about it, you know, you get a, I got a little bit more into galaxy two this season. Pandemic also was a part of that. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to the discord. And of course, Chris Tucker, he was in the chat for a little bit. I yeah, don't know if he's, he he's still hanging out, but I agree. He's, he's, he's got galaxy two covered pretty well. Yeah, he does, and, and over um, at Squadcast as well.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that uh, if you look at uh, the Discord, if you want a positive, I swear a lot in the Discord, just <laughs> just out of you know general being in the Discord. So, um, if that's something that attracts you to the Discord, you could you could go there as well um, and, and see that. Uh, let's see, we have those guys. There's one other rumor that's sort of f- floating, and I don't have any information on this rumor, so I will give you the rumor and tell you it's a rumor, and I can't confirm or deny it. Um, you know, some rumors I can absolutely deny and very quickly do so. Uh, this is one I said, it seems plausible enough, and I don't know anything about it. And I doubt I would hear anything about this until it was much further along. It's one of those things. But Jonathan Dos Santos, uh, according to uh, a, a Twitter account, uh, said that uh, it, it's it's Josh Mendoza, I should point out, um, is the Twitter account, just not any Twitter account. So This person's Twitter account said, uh, from a good source, I learned that America would uh, would be asking basically about the situation of Jonathan Dos Santos. There's not an offer yet, but there is interest in bringing Giovanni's brother, Gio and, and Joe this is something everybody theorized about so yeah.
2: it, it, it's almost it, like yeah go ahead this is this is the yearly the yearly rumor every offseason it seems like even since geo was here because of the connections with their dad and and this being a you know their boyhood club the, these connections happened with geo and then now they're still happening with, with jonathan so i think it's, you don't want to read into it too much cuz it's like Everywhere they went happened with Villarreal. It happened with the Galaxy. Wherever one brother goes, there's always the rumor that they they like playing together, and the other brother is going to follow. So, uh, so I I wouldn't dismiss it completely, but it's also you can't take it seriously just yet. The only thing that I will mention, and I'm sure we'll get into this, is you know would people be upset if he went? And I think I I, I want to say it's an unpopular opinion that it'd be okay if he went because it opens up a DP slot. And given his injuries and how he hasn't been able to get on the field, you know, I'd I'd be fine with him departing. But I think there are a lot more people who feel that way that that's not necessarily as unpopular an opinion as, as one might think.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: I, if somebody wants to buy Jonathan Del Santos, go ahead. Uh, from all that we understand is that he has one more year left on his contract. This is his last year. So if you're going to move him, moving him now, at least probably gets you some cash in your pocket. Um, that would also open up a designated player spot with uh, Christian Pavone's status sort of unknown. You could have possibly have two designated player spots to sort of revamp your team. And with Chicharito being on there, you're going to need to revamp your team and, and sort of mold that around him a little bit better. So um, there's some flexibility in that. If it happens, it makes some sense. Um, so i'm I'm, you know, hey, this is this is fine. It's plausible., uh, it's reasonable. It's something that had been theorized about a bunch before. Um, And just because Jonathan Dos Santos says that he wants to retire as an LA Galaxy player doesn't mean that he will get that chance. Um, And certainly sometimes for the team, it's better. Now, Jonathan Dos Santos, when he's on, is one of the best uh, you know, sort of box-to-box midfielders in Major League Soccer. Having said that, we have seen very little of that in this last year, Uh, a lot more of it the year prior to, um, but he's hit and miss. And and we've sort of said that he's hit and miss In, in average per year, and it's skewed he plays about the same amount of minutes as, as Ramon Alessandrini did. You're looking at four years versus three years, and you're looking at a shortened season. So probably Jonathan DeSantos plays a little bit more than Ramon Alessandrini whenever you, you sort of average out the minutes per season, but it's it, it's something to pay attention to.
2: Yeah. I, we we actually were having this discussion on the text thread, is that there, there's like different tiers of LA Galaxy players, and you have like the top tier, which is I uh, you know your landon donovan your robbie Keane, your are fuegos kobe jones david beckham that's like your rarefied air top of the pyramid type of guy and then like your next level i think is uh you know the, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily put them there but they're uh, uh, below that definitely below that is like your jonathan dos santos roman alessandrini and then the yellow van damme is another name that i threw out there those are players who kind of knew the magic trick of you know playing for the badge and knowing you know, how to express love for the fan base and becoming fan favorites. But when you really break down their play, they weren't really as consistently good as they could be. You know, they didn't necessarily reach their potential. They showed flashes that they could be successful. And when they were on, you were happy they were on, but they didn't give you that on the whole time they were here. So I would put... Jonathan Dos Santos, Roman Alessandrini, and Yela Fandam, all in that same category. They'd be grouped together. Uh, because when they're on, you want them and you love them on the team and they know what it means. And uh, as a fan, they make you want to root for them. Uh, but when they're not on, you know, you, you have to be you have to be on the field and, and you have to produce. And, and as of late, that just was that wasn't that has it wasn't the case this season with, with Jonathan, and then it happened the year previous with Alessandrini. So if it was if it was time, if time was up on on that on that experiment. Uh, You know, I think I think that's where they'd land.
1: Uh, LA Galaxy currently have 17 of 30 roster spots filled. Uh, if those other three sort of fall in there, they'll have 20 of 30 filled. Um, just to sort of give you an idea of how many players they're they're sort of going to get to play with in the offseason. Uh, if you lose two designated players, if you you know right now we're, we don't even show Christian Pavone on this, um, and mostly because that's that's one of those things you look at and say we don't know what the future holds for Christian Pavone. So um, a lot of things to sort of take a look on. Uh, I, I think what we should do, Eric, is probably call it. Night and and look at some more of this stuff probably next week. So uh, let's everybody take a deep breath on that and and sort of wait on the rosters and sort of what's happening. Let's uh, let's watch to see what happens with this coaching. Um, You know, I feel like the LA Galaxy could be in a position before the end of the year to make a coaching decision. Uh, But when we say that, that means that's happening in the next you know two to three weeks um, to to make that happen and not have it get sort of lost in the Christmas time stuff. Right? I mean. It's probably after the first of the years when you're finally going to see it. It doesn't mean the LA Galaxy haven't made a decision. Uh, by then, but it's probably after the first of the year where they're really able to sort of, um, you know, keep keep an eye on that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Greg Vanney seems like he's in the driver's seat. Dominic Conner certainly is there as well. Um, a lot of interesting moves, and as teams end up and as the playoffs are ending, uh, you're going to see more and more people um, sort of coming in, uh, coming in to to do all this stuff. Um, you're going to see more players, more free agents, more contracts, and and, and all that stuff. So um, we'll see uh, we'll see how that all goes. And I, I think. Uh, we're, we're, we're drawing it out for, for dramatic, uh, dramatic effect here, but are we trying to get the dogs, uh, in what we're trying holding. yeah, good job. You're, you're on mute, Eric. You're on mute.
2: I'm trying not to make tons of noise. I was trying to close back. I could do my outro and then we could bring them on for the,
1: for the the big closer. All right. Why don't you tell people where they can find you? We'll get on out of here. (laughs) (laughs)
2: All right. You can find me on Twitter at Hammer EV. You can also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L. And then our Grading the Galaxy Season review uh, next uh, section with midfielders should be dropping soon.
0: All right.
1: Sounds good. Uh, that's good information for the person who has to post it, too. So thank you for that. Um, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jake Esman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, head on over to uh where we'll try to update you on a whole bunch of stuff. But mostly here on podcast is where you can find that. So head on over to our YouTube channel. You can do all those fun things. All right. Uh, we, we leave you with a, a wonderful picture of, uh, of three wiener dogs uh, sitting there, one with a sweater on, um, and two say, looking.
2: I think this yep. is going to be my Christmas card.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, it's, a, it's a good one. It's a, it's a good one for sure. All right. Uh, for Eric, the Portuguese Hammer, I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've
0: been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at GalaxyPodcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy.